Basketball is my life. I have nothing else. This is incredible. This is the best yeah. game before I've ever heard. Shooters. That's, that's what we do. Shooters, a basketball podcast. Let's go. Well, well, well. Episode 16. And this one's actually on a 30-minute time limit. Because, Darren, where do you have to be after the episode? No, no, don't tell the people why. I just, you know, I've got places to be. Uh, some very important TV shows. Um, any maths lovers out there, Married at First Sight, um, we all have guilty pleasures. And I'm not afraid to admit that 7.30 is where I want to be in front of that TV. That's what I like to hear. Well, speaking of reality TV shows, did you watch Felix von Hoff uh, on The Bachelor? Which, if people don't know, I'll give you a little bit of background. I went to the Australian Institute of Sport, lived with him for two years. Then he went to university in America, uh, had a great career. Uh, Eastern Washington, I believe it was, which is the same college as Jacob Wiley and Tyler Harvey, who is currently in the NBL and had a great career, three-point shooter. And then came back, spent two years in the NBL, I think one as a DP, and has gone into broadcasting and clearly uh, reality TV. Mm, for sure. That, that was like your very own Wikipedia for Felix von Hoff there. Um, I did watch it. I did watch it. Um, I am a bit of a sucker for those shows, even though I get to a point where it's like, they're all the same, they're all trash, but I did watch all that. Did you watch Did you watch any episodes or did you watch the whole thing? Well, because our team, a bunch of us actually are friends with him, we, we made it a team event. Love it. So... Yeah, we found week in, week out, we were we were tuning in on the road, we'd save up the episodes and watch them, we would celebrate wins, uh, so Cairns on a Friday night, we got a big win at Cairns, this is season breaking, you know, late flight on Saturday, are the boys going to go out and have some drinks? <laughs> no. no, no they're not, they're going to set up the projector watch some bachelor with the boys that's how we spent our friday night celebrating a win that's actually great that's actually very very good um what was it like watching him because considering you know him i like i i've sort of uh, the only thing i know him is the nbl personality doing the talk shows and commentary and stuff but what was it like for you you obviously know him a bit better what was it like seeing him on that sort of environment it was funny because felix is one of the the funniest people i've ever met i've never seen him take anything seriously so from day one my money would have put a million dollars on it that he wouldn't have ended up proposing which they all tried to pressure them into proposing which he didn't spoilers alert uh and him having a laugh and having a good time so felix was felix on the show and it was it was pretty funny to see him put in uh, some of those uncomfortable situations it was, but I think I think he actually grew a bit, like on the show. Like I, I don't know how far you you got through to it, but at the start he was kind of just like that. Um, I don't know how to refer to him, but it, let's just say I feel like he grew a fair bit, and it was kind of cool seeing his uh, perspective on all of it sort of change and how he ended up and stuff. So it'll be interesting um, just watching him back on the the NBL commentary because I think he took a bit of a break off and stuff. So. Yeah, I didn't expect us to be talking about Bachelor, but this is, of course, the awards uh, version of Shooter's Pod. Um, we've been diving heavy. Well, I've been diving heavy into the stats as well. I don't know if you have, but um, we've got our predictions. But what else have you been... Have you been up to anything else, or should we just dive right into it? Well, I think we should go through the quick basketball news mm. uh, yep. real quick, and then let's dive into award predictions, because that's what this episode's all about. Because I have no new news. Do you have any new news? 
Nothing really. I just wanted to a few things that I just wanted to throw out there. Um, firstly, Justin Robinson resigning with the Hawks. I really like that. I, I just think it's cool that um, he's stuck around the team the entire season. I actually think he's back in the states now, but pretty much the entire season he was very vocal on the bench. He was doing his thing, just like supporting and stuff. And then yeah, to be actually so he was out with injury the whole season. Um, so to actually get see him suit out suit up next season, it'll be pretty damn cool. And people had him as like an early MVP this season before he got injured. So it'll be very interesting to see how he goes. 100%. It's awesome to see loyalty. Another person who has been very loyal is Bryce Cotton, who, as mm. we know, is Perth's favorite child. 40 points in 38 minutes against Illawarra, which is unbelievable. And then a tough night against the famous Jack Jumpers. Uh, but he's got a big week coming up against the two top teams to try and clinch playoffs. If they win both, they get the job done. They're in. And uh, it's going to be exciting to watch, as people call him, King Cotton in these mm. last two must-win games. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the end of this NBL season being kind of crazy. Like, I still don't know that all the um, sort of um, situations that can come from the last remaining games. But, hey, they say close games are good games, so close leagues are good league. And it's fun to watch. So, um, And moving over quickly to the WNBL slash NBA, Kayla George and Steph Talbot I saw this morning Got picked up by different respective WNBA teams, which is very cool to see. Um, always love seeing those little social media stuff pop up and um, getting their, their names celebrated. Yeah, they're incredible basketball players. I mean, the pedigree they've got playing f- uh, for the Australian teams and what they do in the WNBL all the way into NBL 1 North. I know Kayla George was up there doing her thing. It's awesome to see players playing in the, the NBL 1 to the WNBA in a matter of six months, and it shows the quality of level of basketball player in Australia. Yeah, yeah, no, very true, very so, true. So I just wanted to shout that one out, but that's all I got. Let's go into the award predictions. I'm, I'm, I'm keen, keen to see what you've got for me. I'm keen to maybe disagree and argue a bit. I know you said last week you wanted to argue somewhat, so maybe we should. Mm. Maybe we should yeah, just force it. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's start fighting. <laughs> well... I'll read off. We're going to start with Coach of the Year. Mm. And drum roll, please. That's all you. Nice, I got you. Finalists are Adam Ford for Cairns, Chase Buford for Sydney, and Modi Moore for the New Zealand Breakers. And you can start this one off. I'll start us off. I'll start us off. We're talking to us about it. I think this one's always sort of tricky, like for someone that's not like if you're just looking out on the outside, you're kind of just like, okay, how far into their tenure are coaches? Like, how long have they been doing it? What's the team's record? But in saying that, I do think Adam Ford deserves it. Like, I don't think anyone... <laughs> I don't think anyone predicted Cairns to be this good, this consistent sort of thing, especially without Keanu Pinder. So I'm not fully into uh, the tactics and stuff that Fordy has been using, but whatever the hell he's been doing, it's it's been working. So the results have been coming. Um in those in that win, win column. So, do you agree with me, or do you not? Yeah. Well, this is about to be a boring podcast right. <laughs> because I agree. I agree. I mean, don't get me wrong. Chase Buford has put up an incredible season with Sydney, uh, and their ability to win games, play at their own pace on the offense and defensive end. You know what you're going to get out of a Sydney Kings team. But for me, Adam Ford has created something special in Cairns, which is tough to do up there. And he's got an identity. They're winning games without one of their best players. They're exciting to watch. They're selling out the arenas. And so for Adam Ford, I mean, it shows the difference when you get to implement your own guys, your own system, 
that first year sometimes can be a test run, you know, discovering a few things, getting rid of some players, bringing in some players, and he's done an incredible job. And I would have voted for Adam Ford, which I didn't get to vote because I was not a captain, <laughs> but uh, maybe one year. And uh, so we're locking away on the mm. Shooters podcast, Adam Ford, as that, our coach of the year. That's fine. And just uh, just if Scott Roth, Scott Roth is listening, he's our favorite coach on this podcast, of course. Uh, just putting it out there as well. Um, most improved player, your man, Sean McDonald, is amongst the three finalists. Uh, coming up against Will McDowell-White. Uh, stuff that up. Will McDowell-White and Keanu Pinder. Who have you got? Well, no bias I'll, sta- I'll start us off here. And we've got three incredible basketball players here. We've got Keanu doing his thing, who's providing a rim presence like no other Aussie in the league. We've got Will McDowell-White, who this year has officially taken over the reins of the whole system. He is the point guard. They play through him. He sets the tempo, the pace, puts guys in positions, makes the right reads. But lastly, we have the one and only Shawnee Mack. And I am going to have to go with Shawnee Mack. <laughs> give now, us some intel. What's, what's he like? Is he, is he like a... Sorry, I'll, I'll cut you off then, but go on. No, that's all right. Continue. Hit the question. Hit the question. Hit the question. No, I just wanted to, I just wanted to know a bit about him. Is he, is he a quiet dude or a loud dude? You can only pick one of those. He's quiet. Quiet. Quiet, quiet. Okay. Quiet cool. assassin goes about his business every single day. Mm. The reason I'm putting him, and I don't think this one is biased, is because the other guys had substantial roles in the league already. Last year, towards the back end of the season, Keanu Pinder was starting, winning games. He was finding his right-hand hook. So comparing this year's stats to last year's stats doesn't do it true justice because his improvement, if we looked in our last five, six, seven games of last season, Keanu would have been dominating those 25-point games. Will McDowell-White had a great year. Similar situation last year. Came in late, but he instantly had the ball in his hand. Impact. Shawnee Mack last year was sitting on the bench clapping. Mm. And now this year, he's been our primary ball, primarily, primary ball defender. The guy that goes out there, guards the best player every single night in overtime games. And this is coming from someone that didn't play a single minute. So stats don't always tell the whole story. He spreads the floor. He plays with poise, gets two feet in the paint. And really, not many dudes are the primary defender on a team. And Shawnee Mack is one of them. Mm. I didn't actually, yeah, I didn't actually realize that. I think, I think it's super cool that he's in. Can you hear that? <laughs> nice. Ah, please go away, thank you. I think it's super cool that he's in the finals to begin with. So hopefully that that's enough to kind of make people look back on his season and realize how good he actually was for you guys. Um, look, it's funny that you. It's funny that that you said the stats always don't. Um, add up or whatever but one of my arguments for Keanu Pinder is my pick so it's very can centric for my point uh to begin with one of my arguments was he went from 11 points eight boards to 17 points and nine boards so look I, I think that's quite a jump um I did find it funny Gazy actually said to us um we were talking about the awards and he was he was he was laughing because he's just like do people really improve or do coaches just play you more like is it actually an improvement or so it's, it's a funny little um topic there but Sorry, sorry, Shawnee Mac. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't vote you for here, but I do love that you're in that top three. I like it. I like it. So we got Keanu Pinder on one side of Shooters Podcast, Shawnee Mac on the other side, side for different reasons. And now we head over to the sixth man, where it's going to be hard for me not to be biased again. So yes. we've got Barry Brown from the New Zealand Breakers. We got Tyler Johnson from the Brisbane Bullets, and then we got Rashad Kelly 
for the Marty Jack Jumpers. Tell us a bit about all three and uh, what it was. What are your thoughts? Who are you going with? I think um, they're all kind of all interesting to look at because Tyler Johnson, like a bigger NBA resume, came in and people were like, "Hey, this guy's actually like in the NBL now," even though he's like sort of like he had his best years as Miami Heat member a few. Uh, quite a while ago, but people just were keen to see what he was actually going to do. Um, Rashad Kelly, Barry Brown, I honestly didn't know too much about either of them, um, so I kind of just like came in and did some research and stuff. And yeah, I think Rashad Kelly was like very solid and stuff all year. Barry Brown, he kind of just came in and people uh, realized he played both ends and was very explosive on both ends. And Barry Brown is my pick. I just think he's but he's like averaging nineteen point eight points off the bench so I'm just like if you're averaging 20 points off the bench I'm just gonna yeah you're gonna get my vote essentially yeah 100% I mean Barry Brown we got to really see the value that he brings in the recent stretch with the New Zealand Breakers where they lost uh, five or six not in a row but around a similar time period and Barry Brown was missed them with an injury and we really saw the impact that although he doesn't start he usually gets subbed in at the eight-minute mark, two minutes yeah. into the game, and he's playing 30 minutes for the rest of the game. And so I completely get why you put him. The reason I got to put Rashad Kelly for me is he's always making plays at the end of the game. He's another dude that's guarding the best player on the floor when he gets the chance. Defensively, he's impacting it with his energy and, and what he brings on that side of the end. His role not necessarily isn't to score the ball, as much, he's still averaging 14, 13 points per game. Uh, I'm also a little bit biased, so <laughs> I, uh, I, don't, I don't blame the Shooters podcast for going Barry Brown on the Sixth Man of the Year award. No, no, I think you're a little bit biased because you know most about these players. Like you, You're going to know a lot more about Rashad Kelly, who he is as a person and a player. So you're allowed to vote all these jack jumpers as, you, um, as much as you want. But I do have a question for you. How hey. many games did you come off the bench? Like, what is the criteria? Maybe I should be able to answer this, but the criteria, um, you probably have to come off the bench more than you start to effectively mm. be in the consideration. But mm. I only just thought of this. Yes. Yeah, Jack McVeigh off the bench was a pretty big weapon, if I do say so myself. Mm. Well, I'm not 100% sure what the criteria is. Uh, we were talking about it as a team the other day because we were wondering if Kells uh, was going to be put in it because uh, Barry Brown has started some games also. So yeah. they're two guys that have started uh, this season. We're not sure. We're going to have to find that out and get and get back to the people because I was not in it. Cause, but I think I've played about eight, nine, or ten games yeah, it's an off the one. bench. It's an interesting one. Um, defensive player of the year. This one's always interesting. Um, so finalists were, where is it? I've got the list right here. Antonius Cleveland, Derek Pardonen, and Shea Illy. Firstly, what did you make of Shea Illy being in there? He only played... <laughs> Jack's like, I knew you were going to ask me about this. Um, he only played... I don't know how many... I wish I had a percentage because that probably tells you uh, the bigger picture than maybe like however many total games. But yes, he missed a fair few games. So um, what do you think of that? For me, it's an interesting one because... Mm. I look at it as the total work of a season. Bryce Cotton could average 25 points, but if he only played 19, 20 games and missed eight, I don't think he'd be in the MVP vote. And so my same way feels similar for the Defensive Player of the Year. And for me, winning matters a lot in these awards. Being at the top end of 
the latter really impacts the way I would have voted if I voted. Corey Homicide talked about it. He's been going on some rants about it. If my team's not in the top four, you can't get MVP. I slightly (laughs) agree. Uh, For me, winning plays a huge part. And so I'm going to take Derek Parton from the New Zealand Breakers. And I probably personally would have put uh, Barry Brown or Bull Quoll in that list Ooh. as well. So my my top three list would have actually been completely different. With the others, I've agreed on them. The, the coaches, the most improved player, the sixth man of the year. But defensive player of the year for me, I think Bull Quoll has a right to be a little bit angry uh, not being in that top three. And, and, and he showed it in the last couple of games because he's been hooping. I'm taking Derek Pardon. What about yourself? Talk to me about this Defensive Player of the Year business. Well, firstly, I'm also taking Derek Pardon as well. So, look, we're, we're seeing eye to eye on that one, which is nice. But it's funny that you bring up Bull Qual because he was another one that I wanted to bring up when we talk about this award because I was at the State Basketball Centre last week sometime when Cairns played South East Melbourne. And, I like, some players it's really enjoyable just to watch them go about their business on defense and Bull Qual is definitely one of those people like he's so much like bigger in person than I kind of realize like you watch him guarding their ball um the like southeast Melbourne Phoenix's ball handlers like Gary Brown Carl Adam and all that and I feel nervous for him like I feel nervous when Bull Qual is like standing in front of their like sort of stomping his feet like getting really into it and yeah I was just kind of like appreciating what he brings to that defensive side of the um the ball so I yeah, 100% agree with you. I reckon it would have been cool if he was up there in the top three, but he's not. But he's getting a lot of love because I think he deserves uh, love for that end. It's always an interesting one, especially with these awards, because the initial list is put down by media, media and mm. selected panel is what the NBL has said. And a few of the people weren't that happy with the way <laughs> it was going about. Myself, I don't really t- look too much into it. But media, reporters... And commentators do a great job. But every now and then, I think their opinions miss compared to what the group value of the players are feeling. And so when they were trying yeah. to push other guys on the cans, Taipans, the continued conversation that came up was like, oh, Bull Cole's their best defender. And so that was the, the, the way that our team talked about it. When I talked to a couple other guys, it was always Bull, Bull's a beast. He plays full for, uh, full court defense. He's a menace, yeah. can switch. He's a lot bigger in person. So if we were doing hype someone up this week, it probably has led to Bull Qual. And uh, I'm excited to see where he develops in this league. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great it's a great point and I think it's interesting as well because I reckon if you ask the majority of people like to name a defender from Cairns, most people would like bring up McCall's energy, especially on that end. Like I think even his teammates like to shout out that as well, like how energetic he is. But hey, maybe Bull Qual deserves some more love. Um so he's getting it. He's getting he it. He is, he is. Now we'll head over to the next generation award, which we have talked mm. about in the past, which is players under the age of twenty five. Can be anyone, can be imports, Australians, people that have been in the league for five, six years. So we've been left with three, which is Sam Wardenberg for Cairns, Luke Travis for Perth Wildcats, and Sam Froling for the Illawarra Hawks. Now, are there anyone you think should be in that list, and who out of the three would you vote for for the next generation? As in anyone, anyone who's not in the top three? Yes. That should be. That's a very good question, Jack. Uh, do I have an answer for you? 
that's that's a no. No, I don't. Um, I don't know. I have a feeling you have a name, though. Do you have a name that should be in that? <clears throat> I'm more wondering, uh, I think Brady Manic had a great season. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, I remember you saying that actually, yeah. yeah. It's a good point, yes. it's a very so, good point. So, uh, I think that's, yeah, that's more than fair. Um, it is an interesting conversation because I was actually talking to Marquise today, your mate from Mogul, Mogul Sports. There you go, shout out Mogul. Uh, well, hopefully Marquise is listening <laughs> or something. Um, so we were actually talking about Sam Wardenberg and just like how, like how he must be feeling about like, hey, I'm doing pretty well this season. Like, I reckon I'm, I'm a good chance to win this Rookie of the Year award and then they change their criteria and stuff. Like, he has to be feeling... He probably like laughs to himself and stuff, and um, I still hope he wins it for that sake because I think he does earn it. Um, he does deserve it, um, and yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit weird to change it halfway through. And um, even though I really like the criteria as is, but Sam's my pick. Uh, Wardenberg, that is. Um, what have you got? I love it. I love it. There is something that you're saying that I don't love though. Oh. Here we go. This is what we this want. Is what we this want. is what we want. I don't love that you're saying he deserves it, maybe, and you hope he gets it because of the award change. I think he deserves it. So, yeah. with the current ruling, how it stands, he's been awesome. He's improving. He's on one of the best teams in the league. <clears throat> I think he deserves that award for what he brings. He's, he's playing de- defense. He's spacing the floor. He's, he's hard-driving right, dunking, bringing energy. And he's had an incredible season. He's someone that the NBL and a lot of players will be following closely because he has the potential to become something very, very, very special in this league, in the NBA. Who knows where he could go? And so I think he deserves this under-25 award. And who knows? Maybe he'll be getting it next year and the year after. It's true. It's true. No, I'm, I'm glad you called me up on that. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I think he deserves it regardless. Um, I more just meant I think other people are going to be like, like they're going to look at other people like Luke Travers and Sam Froling, the other two contenders, and be like, wait a second, they're like so good as well. But yeah, look, let's just say I reckon he's going to win it. I reckon he's going to win it. Yeah. Moving there on. There we go. Um, <laughs> MVP, the big one. This is very challenging. Um, Mitch Creek, Bryce Cotton, Xavier Cooks. We've heard a lot of sort of discussion and debate about it, but do you have one that stands at the top that you reckon should win it and will win it? Would you like me to go first? Yes, please. I think it's clear cut. Clear cut? Clear cut. I don't even think it's a conversation. As in who should or will? Who will and who should is the same thing. Both. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so, I, like so I saw a stat the other day on Twitter that said... When he was on the court for this season, he has a plus 250. And when he's off the court, they're at zero, which means they've got a neutral season. And for me, winning matters. And don't get me wrong, the other two contestants in it, without them, their teams probably aren't making the playoffs. And the the buckets they've been getting, the, the swagger of both of them, the confidence they give their team. And don't get me wrong, they've both had incredible seasons. But for me, what Cooks brings on both ends of the floor, the ability to pass it, something so special not many guys can do in the league. He tipped it off with a triple-double the other day. For people listening, that's at 10-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, 10-plus assists. And for me, he would have gotten my vote for MVP. What about Mm, yourself? Love it. I do think, I'll be honest with you, it came down to the... Yeah, last, whatever, I was umming and about the final two and that being Xavier Cooks and Mitch Creek. Even though Bryce Cotton, it's the um, the vote of fatigue, as Liam Santamaria called it. Um, he's just been so good for so long, people probably put him on the back of their minds sometimes. But 
at the end of the day, I, I also think Xavier Cooks should and will win it. Um, yeah, I think their, their record speaks for itself. Like, clearly the best team in the league this season. Um, and as a result, it's kind of meant that... I think he, he said to the broadcast, Xavier Cooks was like, I wish I could play sort of as many minutes as Bryce Cotton and stuff um, do. So as a result, he's probably played less minutes because the, of all their wins and maybe some not-so-close wins. So, But I do think it's really cool that there's three guys that could legit... I reckon deserve it um, this season. So I do like that aspect. 100%. I'm going to ask you a question here. If you had to argue for Mitch Creek, because I do think Mitch Creek's probably the second runner-up mm. and uh, very close, what would be some of the points of why why you like him and why, and why you think he should win it? And then I'll go ahead and, and, and shout out Bryce Cotton on why he, there's a high chance he could win it too. Mm. I like it. I, like it. I think with Mitch, it's just, yeah, like consistency number one. Um, I feel like he like never takes possessions off and he's such a he's such a big leader of that club and considering how many injuries they had for that, it's actually only a bit of a small patch it felt like um, a few weeks ago. He kind of like, he kept making sure the wins ticked over. Um, I, I just think he's, if, if there's one guy you kind of want on your team in terms of everything he brings, both sides of the court, that leader, uh, that voice in the locker room, I think he's definitely um, got to be up there, if not that number one um, spot. There's my spiel for Mitch Creek. I like it. I like it. Well, now we'll give a special shout out to, to, to King Cotton because he always deserves some love. And what he's able to do and create for other guys on the floor is something that people don't really talk about. His ability to play without the ball in his hands. And this is something a lot of guys struggle with. He cuts, moves, gets to the right spot. And every single time, he makes a hard cut or he comes off a screen, all eyes are on him. Guys get open looks that he doesn't get assists for. Guys get offensive rebounds because he's getting double teamed. And this wear down effect of, of Bryce Cotton makes everyone else's life easier around them. And without him on the court, they're a whole different team. Obviously, he, uh, what he brings on that end to be able to do it consistently 35, 36, 37 minutes is, is unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, for t- he's averaging 24 points a game in this league, which is absolutely no joke. And we might have to get some, some fact-checkers into when the last time someone averaged 24 or more in the league because I reckon it would have been a while. And it definitely hasn't happened since I've been in the league for the last five years. Mm, yeah, no, it's a it's a very good point. Um, but three very good um, options. And it'll be interesting to see come Tuesday night um, who wins that award. And now... We have the All-NBL first team. Mm. So, how would we like to do this? Would we like to go one for one, guard, 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 or tell, actually I, explain to us how it's outside and inside yeah, for the so All-NBL first team and second team? Yeah, so the criteria here is you have to pick three outside players and two inside, which I know people have talked about. I know people have um, kind of said, like, maybe we should just change it to like kind of like positionless or whatnot. But to be honest, I don't even know what sort of like the best... Um, over uh, overall way you should be doing this criteria, but maybe you as a player could share some inside perspective. But I reckon we um, just run through our teams one by one and say where we went differently. I love that. I haven't looked too much into it. Yeah, it's it's a hard one. You could argue both ways. I like it how it is. Don't get me wrong. On a year like this, I do think with some incredible foremen, some miss out makes that job a little harder. But Saying that, there's three guards on the floor and two big men on the floor, so why shouldn't it be five and five? Yeah, yeah, no, couldn't agree more. All right, you want me to go first? Start us off. So, first team, and we're going to read them out in outside, 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 inside, inside. Perfect. So, first, Bryce Cotton. 
well, gotta be there. Are you going one at a time, or, we, or we, you're going whole team? What would you prefer? What's more exciting for you? Well, let's go. I'll take it. I'll, we can I'll go one by off. one. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, we'll just bounce off each other. Okay, yep. first I got Bryce Cotton. I got Bryce Cotton too. That's it. That's an easy in check. All right. So Derek Walton for me. I think. Tick. Go yeah, go ahead. Explain tick, it. Tick. Explain yourself, though. Explain yourself. I think similar to what um, Xavier Cooks, the record speaks for itself. I think he's been super consistent, averaging 17, 4, and 6. Um, I think he's just been great. It's considering Jalen Adams as well. We forget what pressure it would have been for Derek Walton, even though he might not have felt it, but essentially replacing an MVP of that team. So, yeah, there would have been pressure, and he's, he's, he's killed it, really. 100%. He leads that team at the point guard spot. Him and Creaky make probably the best duo in the league. And when they're pushing it in transition, they are tough to stop. And for me, they would both... Uh, not both, because we won't get that far. But Derek, <laughs> Derek definitely deserves to be in that first team. And, and coming first gets its rewards, that's for sure, when it comes to the personal accolades at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, three. So my last outside one, which is kind of... I reckon he's a bit of a weird one to be classified outside or inside, but I want DJ Hogue. Mm, nice. Well, we differ here. Yes, love it. So, what have you got? Well, tell us about why you put DJ Hogue in in the the outside and why he's in your first team. I think he. Um, I actually checked the classification and we we classified him as an outside. So I just went, yeah, that's why he's there essentially. Um, but it was, I did think about it for a bit, but um, I think consistency, I think he started off a bit slow, but then once he actually tuned into Cairns games, I especially liked um, sort of like the, the defensive side of the stuff, which is kind of probably interesting um, for someone like him. Like people would probably point to his shooting straight away. Um, I think I referred to you, uh, I said to you once how his playmaking is underrated. Um, he does a pretty good job of that. And he just has like quick hands on for stealing and uh, deflections and stuff like that, which I really liked once you kind of like focused and locked in on games. Um, mm. Consistency as well. 17 points, six boards, three dimes. And they did bloody well. Who have you got? Who do you differ with? Well, this one is honestly no bias involved. But I got Doyle. I got yep. our, our Jack Jumpers star. And let me explain a little bit why. One, the Jack Jumpers play the lowest pace of offense. So we play slow basketball games. We are last in the league in scoring as a team. But that doesn't translate to us coming fourth, hopefully, when, if we get this win on the weekend. And so he leads that with 17 points a game. That's more than guys like DJ Hogue and uh, guys that are in the second unit. When he's coming out, primary ball handler, he, at the end of the games, a lot of times is guarding the best player on the floor. The ball is in his hands in the last five, six minutes, and it's on him to make plays. And he continually wins basketball games. So when we look in terms of the stats, it may not reflect exactly where he's at, particularly because he started the season a little bit slow. But in every single game that the Jack Jumpers win, he plays well and he plays a pivotal role. And, and I'm putting him in the first team because for me, winning matters. And, and he's gotten that team, hopefully, <laughs> to the top four. <laughs> Nah, he's a, he's 100% the name I was interchanging with Hogue as well. I was just like, Doyle Hogue, Doyle Hogue, Doyle Hogue. And it made me look up their stats. So Hogue, 17-6-3. Doyle, 17-5-3. Wow. Like, they're pretty much identical, which is quite interesting to think about, I thought. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. Really, that's, um, that's really cool to hear. Yeah, he only just missed out. Um, who have you got as the first inside man? And then I assume we have the same here. 
Yes, I think this one's pretty obvious. <laughs> I'm going to start it off with Zave because I already spoiled that earlier. We talked about him in the MVP performance, but he, he's a first-team lock, and uh, he deserves that spot. Yep, couldn't agree more. Cooks it is. Second one, I'm sure you have it as well. The other MVP. 100% Mitch Creek. Mitch Creek. It's, that's all we need to say on that one. Let's go. Let's head to the second team, and I'll start us off with <laughs> okay. Barry Brown. Okay. Um, yes, I have him there as well. He wasn't... Actually, no, it's the same order. So, yeah, Barry Brown. Yeah, uh, tick, tick, tick. I agree with you there. Nice. Why Why do you like Barry Brown? What's it? We've talked about him a little bit in the sixth man of the year. Why is he not in your first team? I just think... It's actually a fair point because if you put up... Yeah, he, he probably... You could definitely argue there. I don't know. Corey Williams made a case halfway through the season or later that we should be considering Barry Brown for MVP. So, clearly... Um, yeah, he's a talent and people, people, um, can identify that, but I don't know. I, I just think Colton, Colton and Walt, uh, Walton Jr. deserve those, um, spots and Hogue as well. Um, but you can't argue what Barry Barron did this season. And one of the best parts about him, he loves to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just, he's exciting to sort of like tune in and I don't know what it's like playing against, but, um, as a spectator, just watching him like run his mouth and get into it and he's engaged, which... Um, is almost like the most yeah, important part of a player sometimes if you're engaged fully. So, yeah. 100%. I, he's someone when push comes to shove, he could be on that first team come around next Tuesday at the awards night and, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it makes me ponder a question because perspective and uh, perception on players matters a lot, especially when talking about these guys because not many people sit down and really study every single game probably the coaches, how much does coming off the bench affect the way we talk about him as an MVP caliber player? Because statistically, he's up there with the best of them. And so how much does that role, even though he gets subbed in early, affect us putting him in the first team, bringing him off the bench or, or whatever it may be? It's just an interesting thought. It's a it's a very interesting thought, and I'm, I can almost guarantee that nobody has ever won MVP off the bench in any league. Um, so that would be something. But I have to propose the question to you: If you were to elevate Barry Brown to first team, who are you taking off your first team? Who's he replacing? You had Cotton uh, Doyle. Who's your third? Uh, uh, Derek. Walton. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'll... Cotton Walton or Doyle? Well, I would have to take him over Derek. Uh, yeah. The only reason I say that is because of how incredible Zave is. That would be my reason. That 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 is Zave's team. The ball is his hands. He's almost a pseudo point guard, and uh, I didn't because what Derek has done this season is unbelievable. But that would be my thought process behind mm. it. No, that's fair. Uh, my second guy on my second team, all NBL. Your man, Milton Doyle. He's there. Has to be there. As I said, he was this close to being first team, but at least he's in this one. Who have you got? There you go. I've got DJ Hogg. So those uh, positions are replaceable right there, and uh, we had that conversation before. What about your third? Perfect. Third man, Chris Golding. Uh, The man you said you wanted to be a full version of. Um, Don't mean to directly quote you, but it was something like that. Um, I just think he's getting it done still at this very... He's getting older now, but he's been very good. His numbers surprised me, um, and I couldn't look past, yeah, where, basically what he's done this season. I love that. Mine's a little different here, and I've probably broken some rules, but would it be <laughs> a podcast with Jack McVay without breaking some rules? 
because I know he's not in this position, but I think he deserves to be on, on the five. <laughs> uh, I'm going with Brantley. If we could You're somehow... Like, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I'm putting in Brantley here. He plays a lot of outside basketball, a little small. If DJ Hogue can be on the outside, Brantley can be on the outside. So the, I think I think I agree. The ball yeah. is in his yeah. hands. He's making pull-up threes to call game, right? If we're calling outside, outside, inside, inside, the difference is not that big between him and DJ Hogue, and that would be my argument for it. Guarding, bringing the energy on an elite team this year, he deserves to be on that list, and I'm sure you've probably got him in the big man spot. Yeah, I'd be surprised if you didn't, but that's my three outside. Well, fu- <laughs> yeah, funny you mentioned that. I'm suddenly feeling feeling a bit guilty. Uh, I did not have Brantley on there, but he was one of my biggest snubs because mm. I love his game. I love what he brings. But anyway, um, Keanu Pinder was my Boom. first big man. Yep. Boom, that's perfect. I, I, I put the same as him. I mean, we talked about him in the most improved, right? His ability mm. to, to roll out of the pick and roll finished one gather step and he's above the rim defensively he's bringing the energy diving on loose balls uh putting his body on the line for those rebounds and uh he definitely will be a second all team this year there's no doubt about it yeah for sure for sure and the last one i kind of struggled with because the the man i took i I almost feel like doesn't get as much love as he maybe deserves but as soon as you mentioned Joel Brantley, I'm like, yeah, I probably I might have put probably should have put him here, but I'm giving Alan Williams some love. I think he kind of deserves a bit more than he's been getting. Mm. Um, yeah, he's been very consistent. I think he also started a bit slow, but they always say that um, being a big man that comes to the NBL first season, it takes a while to get accustomed to the rule, accustomed to the fouls. Um, but once he did that, he's averaging 17 and nine, so. He's doing pretty damn well. 100%. 100%. He, I like what he brings. He brings that energy. I did not put him as mm. my big man because for me, top four matters. I've got a bit of homicide. We've got two Sydney guys. We've got, we got two New Zealand guys. We've got two Cairns guys. And for me, there's a big part in what the Jack Jumpers do to come fourth. So I would have to mm. put Jack McVeigh in that last big man spot. I love that. Now, I love that. I've got some reasoning behind it too because... Stats don't tell the whole story. Push comes to shove. You need a big play made in the fourth. I think I'm averaging 15 points per game. In the blowout games, I haven't been playing, which lowers my stats due to injury. But the impact I have on the offensive end, spreading the floor, bringing energy, diving on loose balls, communicating on both ends of the ball, I think winning matters. And to get me to the top four, I'd like to have a little pick in that. I don't think it's going to happen maybe in the next couple of years. But uh, right now, I'm putting myself and I'm backing Jack McVeigh in as that second uh, all-team big man. I actually love that. I love it. You, you speak all the time on self-confidence and it's so true. Um, I did think I probably couldn't put you in there just because of biasy, but you were in my snubs lifts, let me tell you that. You and Joel Brantley right at the top of that thing because, yeah, I, I do think... Um, yeah, you pretty much deserve to be in one of those teams, and I love that you put yourself there. Um, I was going to ask you, just randomly, if you were to guess your averages for the season, points, rebounds, assists, you can't look or anything. Mm. You already named one of them. You are averaging 15 points mm. per game. Can you name the rebounds and assists? I think, off the top of your head? I think I'm 15-4 and like one and a half. Yeah, 15. I just, I just rounded it up. All of my averages I've said mm. on this episode, I've rounded up, but yeah. 15, 5, and yeah, 1 point something yeah, or other. Nice. So very good. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I keep up to up with it a little bit. I uh, I could tell you most of the guys' averages in the league 
just off the top of my that. head, like when we go into scout, we kind of talk about it. You'll have their stats uh, going in. You'll have like something written about them, their last kind of five to 10 game stats and then their season mm-hmm. stats. So it, it is something guys be following along and, and checking what guys are doing. And same with the do jack jumpers. You, do, do you mind if I put you to the test right now? I've got the, I've got the stats up. Can I just pick someone at random and we'll see how accurate you okay, are? Give us, give us a go. Can we do that? <laughs> and if, if um if the episode or like just weirdly cuts out here, it's because Jack got it wrong, and we don't really yeah. want to, you know, put that <laughs> put that on display. Um, I'm gonna go to Jim McCall. Just points, averages, assists. I want you just get as close as you reckon you can. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um. So mm. we got t- we're going 15 points per game. I think around that mark, and then we're going to go about uh four and four for rebounds and assists. What are we? What are we sitting at? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you guess fifteen four and four, rounding up at sixteen six and four. Ooh, six very, rebounds per very game. Close, five point six. But I'm I'm telling that bad boy nice. out. I loved it. I love it. I'm gonna go yep. one more. One more. We can't. Uh, we can't. Let's just make the entire episode about Jack guessing stats. Um, let's go a rogue one. Maybe someone like they have to be a starter. Ooh. Trey Cal. I don't know it. So <laughs> no, let me tell you, take it, take a, take a stab. Because he's been injured two of the games we've played. So yeah. when oh, Scout yeah, comes yeah. around, I'm not studying it like I would if he was going to play. So I would say, I would say you don't. Have to, a, you can you can pass. I've got yeah, one. Pass. I'm passing that one. I'm passing that one. Antonius Cleveland. Mm, Twelve six and two. Thir- no 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 no. Fourteen oh. six and two. <laughs> 14, 6, and 2. Ooh, so it's 14.5 nice. points. So I'm just going to count that as a tick. 14, 5, and 3. Ooh, one off both ways. Very close yeah. there. So how, how, do you, how, how, how am I going? Do you rate, rate the skills? You are, like I said, I've said this many times before, your memory is on point and you have lived up to it wow. here. Um, we've gotten off track here, but I don't mind. I'm going to have a dedicated special podcast for people, maybe like sub- subscription-based that people have to pay for. Um, to access uh, different episodes, and we're just going to have one with stats. Um, me guessing. Did, did we get to the end of it? I got to. No, we got to the end of it. Let's let's run back the awards real real quick. So we had Coach of the Year mm. Adam Ford, Most Improved. We had Jack McVay saying Shawnee Mack, you saying Keanu Pinder, Sixth Man of the Year. Mm. I said Rashad Kells, but most likely it's going to go to Barry Brown. Defensive Player of the Year, we both said pardon. Next Generation, we both said Sam Wardenberg. MVP, we both said Cooks. I tell you what, we're on the same page. I reckon we did pretty well. And it's, it's always interesting. Um, I already read off some snubs. Uh, the snubs for... Uh, both our snubs for Defensive Player of the Year was Bull Qual. Yep. Um, and from my old teams, as I said, you and Jarrell Brantley, but also Ray John Tucker and Robert Franks snubs off maybe like the second team. Mm, I lo- but it's, it's so hard. It's I love hard. that. I think that's a really good list right there. I think uh, those people you leave left off are winning matters. And they've, they've, Robert Franks has had an incredible year. You know, some, some of the offensive highlights he's put out this year have been unbelievable. And let's not forget what they did to the Suns. Uh, but overall... yeah. Regular season. Give us one sentence to, to sum up the regular season for you this year. What's what's a moment or something you've enjoyed about it? Because the next time we talk, and we'll be deep into the playoffs. Wow. One, oh, I see. Okay. Um, I don't actually know. I don't. It's just been... Actually, I was... Um, 
I think it's 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 like this every season. But once you go back and I actually um, for the awards night, we'll talk a bit about that later when we sign off. But um, I was doing a video as kind of like a generic sort of best of season, and it's always really enjoyable to go back and watch all the highlights, all the big moments um, from the season. So it's not exactly a sentence about the season, but it's always really enjoyable watching back all those moments. Have you got one sentence to sum it up? Mm, I don't, even though I asked the question. <laughs> yeah, but hard, I would say, <laughs> for me, the most beautiful thing about the NBL is that that close race home. And we're in it right now. Mm. It's down to the last game, and we've got every single game matters from, you know, Illawarra's last place could knock out the Jack Jumpers from the playoffs. We've got Perth with the chance to win two and, and get in and, and keep that dream alive. And I think the NBL above a lot of other leagues around the world really show the intensity of every single game matting throughout the regular season. And this is another season that's shown how important from the first game of the year to the last game of the year is in, in this incredible league. Yeah, well said. And another one to add to that, Melbourne have to win by 38 points, I believe, to get into the playoffs over Adelaide on the last day of the season. So that's always exciting. That's a bit of, uh, I think that's accurate. And if it's not, it sounds pretty good. So we're running with it. But I do think that's actually accurate. Wow. Last last um, prediction, champs. Who's winning it all? The Tassie Jack Jumpers are going to bring this one home and pull off the dream against the Sydney Kings in the grand final rematch. Rematch. I love that. I love that. Um, I do think... Oh, it's, it's... Yeah, I would... If I'm ruling out Tassie and I'm ruling out Sydney, <laughs> I would love... I just think it'd be really cool to see Cairns or New Zealand go all the way because nobody expected them to be there. And we love an underdog, even though Tassie is still the underdogs of underdogs. But, hate to say it, I think Sydney will walk out victorious. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Send Darren all your hate mail if you're a Jackie's supporter. But thank <laughs> you it. so much for li- listening to another episode. And we'll be, we'll be keeping this going in the playoffs so this definitely isn't the last uh, episode talking about this season but uh, Darren would you like to take us out I'll take us out and we're gonna just a uh, final subject we're gonna see each other awards night awards night next week Um, Jack didn't know about this a few episodes ago and I dropped it on him but you're gonna be there I believe you're gonna be there Um, it'll be cool to see each other it'll be cool to experience the awards is that why you got a fresh haircut as well I uh, just like no it's just my razor blade has Not broken, planned. so it can only work for about t- 10 to 15 minutes or 10 minutes, and so I've only got a short amount of time to get the job done. Oh, I thought you planned it for the awards mm. night, is what I was meaning. Sadly not, I, uh, but I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I do. I do. On that note, I'll see you next I'll week. I'll see you next week, brother. Looking forward to it.